Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. All right, welcome back to episode 44 of Two Drunk Brothers and a Podcast. And we have some exciting stuff going on today because finally, it's finally it's here. Uh, football's back this weekend, although we get it in a very, very small dose. There's two games on. Halfway here. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and call this week zero. Um, week zero, all right. Because, I mean, there's two college football games on this weekend. The official start of college football doesn't kick off until next weekend. So next week we'll be doing our full college football preview show and our first full week of lines next weekend. But for this week, we are going to be talking about um, – we will do a DeGeneres Digest for the first time of 20 – maybe no, not really, but for the first time for the 2019-2020 football season. And then we're wrapping up our NFL division previews by moving on to the NFC North. Um, so that's that. Other than that, if you didn't watch UFC 241 this weekend, I think you missed a hell of a card because uh, the kid from Stockton's back. Yeah, it wasn't – I wouldn't say it was one of the best. Um, I mean, the fights were – they were good to watch, but it was, it was just – it was good. I'll just believe it at that. I've seen some worse cards in my day. A lot I mean, of- I'm not saying it was bad, but I wouldn't pump it up like it was the best one yet. People are calling it the best of this year. I disagree. I think it's that one we watched in July. Um, the when Mazadal, knockout. Yeah, when Mazadal knocked out Askren, but it was still pretty good. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're going to play a clip that you guys haven't heard in a very long time and dive into <laughs> a segment that we dearly, dearly missed. So let's do it. All right, and if you haven't heard that, this time for Degenerates Digest, like Jared said, first time in a long time. College football this weekend, two games, both on Saturday. First one kicking off at 6 o'clock on ESPN, and it is Miami uh, at number eight, Florida. Um, and Florida is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. It's always tough to judge these games because, I mean – Everyone can always be overrated to start the season. I feel like at number eight, you're, you're living up to some expectations there. You are. And also the over-under of that game is 47, which seems very low. Very low. Very low. Very so, low. and like Travis said, I mean, like, this is not going to be a very long de- degenerous digest because, I mean, I'm talking about two teams last year. I mean, Florida was obviously good at the end of the year by getting the bowl win over Michigan in a very, very big fashion. We don't really know a lot about Miami, a lot about their team, how they're going to be this year. Um, so not a lot of really information to kind of go off of here. Miami took a weird approach. I'm pretty sure that because they got the uh, the quarterback Tate Martell from Ohio State. But they're not starting him. I know. That's why I I don't know why. It kind of blows my mind. So That kid's, that kid's a certified chode, that's why. He's certified 
good quarterback. He can be all the biggest chode he wants. Um, well, but, he already transferred from Ohio State. Now he's probably going to transfer from Miami. He transferred from Ohio State because that Justin Fields kid transferred to Ohio State. Okay. I mean, just so he, is, he wasn't going to start. But either way, I think that Miami is going to make the wrong pick at quarterback to start the year. And with that, I am picking Florida at minus seven and a half on this game. I like that too. I like that too. I purely took Florida just because I feel like that they always – I feel like Florida always comes out and always gasses it early, and then they, they, they don't falter till the middle of the season. So, um, I mean, this is a pretty big in-state game between uh, Florida and Miami, obviously, you know, so I definitely can see them coming out and just putting the pedal to the metal and definitely winning by more than a touchdown. Yeah, this game's going to be huge. Tickets, uh, I just saw tickets on ESPN. They're expensive as fuck. They're like is, it, is it at Florida or is it or is it a neutral site game? I, I thought it was a neutral site game. That's why I didn't see it. I just said Florida's the home team. Um, yeah, it's in Orlando. It's at Camping World Stadium. Okay, so it's a, it's a neutral site game. But probably closer to Gainesville than Miami for sure. Yeah, I mean, nothing's really close to Miami. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we're both taking Florida. I'm just taking them kind of – I hate doing it just because we don't really know a whole lot about them yet. They're ranked number eight in the country. I think they can win I mean, the first few weeks are going to be hard in general. I mean, even next week we're going to do a full preview show. I, 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 did, I did both. I, since we were so little, I picked both the spread and the over-under in both these games. Um. I'm doing obviously Florida minus seven and a half. I'm also taking the over. I feel like 47 is the over as well. Very low. Yeah, I looked at a lot of their score. I'm just basically solely going off of what they did last year. And I mean, shit, there was games where Miami was scoring more than 47. Yeah. Uh, and games where Florida was scoring close to 47. So there's no way that this game hits the under. And if so, it's going to be a snooze fest. Yeah. So I think we can kind of both agree on the over there. 47 seems super low. So that takes us into our next game, which again is later that night. It's on CBS Sports Network. So if you don't have it, sorry about you. But it's at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. It is Arizona at Hawaii. They're making the flight across the uh, shit, Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yeah, halfway across the pond. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hawaii's a – 11-point underdog. So, Arizona is minus 11. And the over-under here, fucking don't have a heart attack, is 74. So, flip-flop the numbers from the last one. 74 just seems high to me. By the way, all these lines are also – any. It, we're just going to say it right now. Any line we talk about this year, we're just going to snag them from Bovada because it's, yeah, it's, it's just easier. It's an easy platform to grab it from. I mean, lines can differ anywhere you go, but we're just going to say it from according They'll to They'll be close to the same. Bovada. Um, I'm going to kind of lead this one off because I don't know. I'm, you're probably in the same way as I am. I'm taking Hawaii plus 11. Um, no, I'm not. Oh, I feel like that's a very long trip to, to start the year for Arizona, a team that's always kind of just so-so. Um, I mean, really, I know they've, they've, they're usually always in a bowl game. They're always 7-5, and 8-4, and four, whatever. Um, I just think I, – I definitely think they're going to win. I just think it's going to be a little bit closer than we think. So I am going to take Hawaii plus 11 for my first – quote-unquote, I guess, dog of the year. So, All right, and so I'm going to go the opposite and kind of change things up because we've been the same the whole time or the other two picks. I'm taking Arizona. Um, again, not really a whole lot to base it off of just for the fact that last year um, they didn't really put up a whole lot of points per game. Um, you know, their last five games, they the most they put up was 30 points. Um, so you're talking about Hawaii or? Hawaii, yeah. 
So, I mean, I think that Arizona comes out and they play in a little bit better of a division. I mean, Mountain West Pac-12 isn't anything crazy. Uh, But I I just kind of figured why not pick the favorite here and pick Arizona. However, I did on the 74 side of things pick the under just because that seemed high to me. Yeah, it's super high to me. I, I took the under as well. I mean, it could be over if, you know, defenses don't show up. That just seems a lot like a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, it really does. For two um, schools that are decent. I mean, they both have those West, West Coast-style offenses, so they could spread the ball up. But again, 74, I mean, you're looking at like a 35-28 game, and still even that's not even – would that – no, that wouldn't touch it. You're looking at both teams scoring over 30 points, over 35 points. So, yeah. I mean – If anything happened, if anything, I can see Arizona blowing them out and Hawaii getting not even 20 at the most. But if not, it'll be a closer game, like Jared said, and they won't touch 74. We'll see. But that's that. So we only had one different pick. Um, all of them are the same. We both got Florida minus seven and a half. Both got the over of 47 in that Miami-Florida game. And then on the Arizona-Hawaii game, Travis has taken the favorite, Arizona minus 11. I'm taking Hawaii at plus 11. We both agree on the under at 74. So I'm just really, I'm excited to get to add, keep going and tacking on to our records for the year. I was going to say that. Should we like restart and set a new record for just football season? No, we're going to keep going because we have winning records. So why not take it on throughout the whole year? Yeah, I feel you. Might as well. And we'll know. We could we we probably keep like an overall record and just a football record. Yeah, we can. I mean, I think that's fair. Football season is, football season is, is its own different beast. Like, I'm probably going to bet more games or throw up more lines in just football season than I have all year totally by the, by the, by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, probably eh, probably so. Yeah. So, we can we'll keep a different different record for football season, but kind of just spit it out there whenever. Um I do want to touch on real quick, don't want to talk long, but the AP Top 25 rankings came out for college football and I'm not I'm not going to lie. I was I saw a few teams in there that I was not happy with where they were or even the fact that they were there. Nebraska well, I saw this uh, real quick, I just want to interrupt you. I saw this parody account not a parody account, but somebody tweeted out like some kind of funny photo. It wasn't even the school names. It was just like, like the description, like it had like Alabama Clemson and then it had like, you know, and then like at 15, it was like a big 10 team that went eight and four last year. Or then they had like a um, team that is supposed to turn it around. So I don't put, I don't put a lot of weight into the, into, into these preseason rankings just, just because of that. Yeah. I just, I mean, Maybe I'm just a little more butthurt that Mizzou's not in the top 25 because they were in, like, every other preseason ranking. Uh, well, they're, they're not back. allowed to be in the coaches' poll because of the fucking ball ban right now. Well, that's the co- nobody cares about the coaches' poll. But the fact that Nebraska's 24, I mean, give me a break. Scott Frost, go jerk yourself off. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I mean, they've been <laughs> horrible the last – Numerous. But either way, if you haven't checked those out, go check them out. I just wanted to kind of let you know that they were out. Football's coming Saturday, and we're stoked. Yep. Can't say I'm going to watch these games, like, start to finish. I might tune in for a little bit, but. Yeah, I mean, if I can find something better, something else better to do, I will. If not, I'll be watching that Miami-Florida game for sure. Yep, for sure. So, that does it for our Degenerous Digest. Again, we'll have a fully loaded one of those for you next week just like we did last fall. Um, But for now, we're going to go ahead and roll the ad clip and then roll our first and 10 clip. And uh, we're going to talk about the NFC North. So let's hear it. 
Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. First and 10 from the 45 yard line. All right, rolling into our last divisional preview, the NFC North, which you know, I kind of thought was going to be a little bit more exciting to talk about. Um, I know we have a lot of listeners that are fans of these teams so we'll try to do the best we can roll it off with the bears i will say before we start i do think like talent wise like as far as like it's kind of similar for me to like the nfc south where i feel like the last place team and the first place team aren't going to be separated by a lot no they're definitely not this is definitely a division that kind of beats the shit out of each other and like nobody is real super bowl contenders though um in my opinion anyway fair I mean, yeah, because I think they're just going to be, like you said, beat the shit out of each other. I, yeah. I, I, I think anybody playing anybody in this division on any given day can beat that team. Like the Bears can go, can play at home against the Lions, and I think the Lions have a shot to beat the Bears. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this I hate betting on NFC North games because I never know how they're going to go. It's kind of just a toss-up. Um, but, yeah, so we'll go ahead and go on into the Bears. They had one of the smallest draft classes, I think maybe the smallest draft class, Really only two picks that you need to know. Third picks fourth. almost the fourth round. Yeah, really their third and fourth round picks are the only people you're probably going to hear of uh, in the time being, and that's David Montgomery and Riley Ridley. Um, they, lost, they lost a few big pieces, but they also gained a few big pieces. Um, they lost a good piece there at the end. What was that? A piece they of lost. the field goal when Cody Parkey hit it? Yeah, they, they, they lost Cody Parkey, so they also lost – Jordan Howard, uh, Adrian Amos, Bryce Callahan, and their defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, left to go to obviously be the head coach in Denver, um, which I think is kind of a – is going to be more of a thing than what people, what people think. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a big part of their – big part of their team. They did replace him with Chuck Pagano. Who was a, who's a certified beast in his own right. Yeah, so I mean, they got it cornered and filling for Bryce Callahan and Buster Screen. Ha, Clinton Dix, which is a division rival. And an upgrade. And an upgrade. Cordero Patterson, which who knows what that guy does other than return kicks. And then Mike Davis from Seattle. Um, I don't really know if they got better or worse. They kind of came out of nowhere to last year for me. So it's I don't very hard to improve on a 12 win team. Yeah. Um, same thing about the Rams last week. So, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say they stayed the same, but I don't think they really got better by any means. They did but, lose a lot of pieces, which for me was the big thing why why I thought they kind of like remained even keel. It's gonna be interesting interesting to see for me how Chuck Pagano's defense fares up against Vic Fangio's because that was the heart and soul of their team last year. If he can't get that defense into shape, then oh yeah, that defense won won them a majority of their games. I actually looked into Chuck Pagano because I was like, I don't really remember him being a defensive coordinator. He was a defensive coordinator one other time in his career for one year for the 2011 Baltimore Ravens. You know what they did? 
They went 12-4 and four and went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy knows what he's doing. I mean, I, again, I talk about my Pat McAfee obsession all the time, but Pat talks about him all the time because Pat played for him when he was an indie. Yeah, so, he's, a good, he's a hell of a coach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So We'll see. Um, like I, you said, stayed even keel, maybe a little bit worse. Definitely didn't get better. Just it's all going to it's all going to hinge on that defense. I feel like the the defensive coordinator is going to play a big a big big role into that. Ha ha, Clinton Dix is definitely an upgrade over Amos. Um, so we'll see how that kind of plays into it. Yeah, for sure. Which leads into our sleeper breakout bust and MVP for the last time of the season. Before we get things started, uh, I'll start off with my sleeper, and that's Trey Burton, um, the tight end. He's going into his sixth year of his career. After almost double, he actually did. He doubled his career stats last year. Um, in his fifth year, he had almost 600 yards, six touchdowns. I think he fits well into this offense when they really don't have a whole lot of weapons, you know, on the receiving side of the ball. He was also fourth in tight end tight end touchdowns last year, which I didn't really know until I looked into. Yeah, I mean, he's like the next guy after the t- after the big three. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Yeah, so I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't change anything, why they're going to stray away from him. Uh, maybe a guy to just kind of keep an eye out on, Trey Burton. I like it. I like it. He definitely was overshadowed by um, Zach Ertz when he's in Philly and kind of learned under learned under his tutelage. Um, so I, I've I've always been been a big Trey, big Trey Burton guy. Um, I mean, anytime I need a tight end, I always kind of see if I can snag him off waivers. So good pick. Mine is going to be Taylor Gabriel, the wide receiver. Um, he's in going into his second year being in the Bears offense. And in his first year, he caught 67 passes, 688 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. I think in the second year, he'll kind of elevate that um, and develop a further chemistry with uh, Mitch Trubisky. Again, they're both young. I think he's really going to cement himself this year as the number one go-to guy in that offense. Um, I can just see him kind of you know, getting more and more comfortable with, with, with Trubisky as we go along and really kind of just – um, again, like I said, elevating his game past that first year. So I've always liked Taylor Gabriel. He's speedy, he's quick. He can get down the field. And if Trubisky can hit him, I think they have a pretty good hidden gem there. All right. Two receiving weapons. Maybe one of them can bust out, uh, which moves into breakout. And mine is David Montgomery, uh, the running back that they drafted in the third round. I like it. Like it. There's, there's really no competition uh, in front of him. Uh, he's coming coming in rookie from oh, Iowa Tariq State. Cohen, Tariq Cohen's there. Tariq Cohen's not a running back though. He's just a catch. He's a receiving back. That's all he did. I'm pretty sure he had like 
I don't even think he had over 100 yards in his last two years. The dude literally only catches the ball. They got the Mike Davis guy, but he's not anything special. He never really was a big name in Seattle. Um, and and at, at Iowa State, David Montgomery averaged right around 20 touches a game in his last two years. He left after his junior year. He had double-digit touchdowns and over 1,000 yards in both of those last years. So, I mean, he knows what it's like to be a workhorse. And from I was reading the headlines on him earlier, like, they, they're in love with him. They know he's the next star there, and he's going to be looked upon a lot more, I think. So, David Montgomery, ladies and gentlemen. I like that pick a lot. Um, definitely like that. Might be able to be the guy that Jordan Howard never was. Ooh. Yeah, definitely Ooh. could. Definitely could. Uh, my breakout, it's, I mean, I, this is kind of like people are like, this guy had a phenomenal year last year, but hear me out on this one. I'm going with Roquan Smith. The okay. linebacker, the second-year linebacker out of Georgia. Um, I mean, I think this guy's poised for a big year. And like I said, it's hard to cement yourself on a team that has Khalil Mack on it. I mean, it's hard to kind of stand out. I mean, yeah. you have Khalil Mack on your team. He's, he's absorbing most of the attention. But last year, Roquan Smith quietly had 121 tackles and five sacks, which as a linebacker, a rookie linebacker, that's pretty fucking good. So I think he can make, you know, play, they say players make their biggest jump from year one to year two. Talented players at least do. Um, so if this guy can make that big jump from year one to year two, like I think he can, I think he'd creep up to that 150 tackle mark um, and really eventually in the future make himself the guy on this defense. Um, because, I mean, he's going to probably be a lot around longer than Khalil Mack is going to be. So I can just see him kind of – and, I mean, it's, diff, it's also different positions. Khalil Mack is an edge rusher, an outside linebacker. Roquan Smith's a guy in the middle of the field, the captain of the defense. I think this year where he kind of takes it over and really kind of busts out and comes big on the national scene and finally gets some respect put on his name. That's fair. That's a fair pick. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that as a breakout. He's coming off a rookie – his rookie campaign, so he hasn't really, like, established himself yet. Also would like to point out that I was pissed whenever the Bears took him mm-hmm. in front of the Dolphins in the 2018 draft. I was watching that draft with uh, Zach Landino, and I was furious because they stole him from us. At like Dude, 10, I, think it was. I feel like if he was there, he definitely would have picked it. I'm still not upset with their 2018 pick, but that's not here or there. But, yeah, I love that pick. Going into bust, um, my bust is Mitch Trubisky. I almost went this route, but I didn't. Kind of, I, I went this I route. Went. I feel I feel like a troll. I feel like Colin Coward here because I've always hated. <laughs> I've always hated on him, and he. But he's just the definition of average. He really is. Uh, it's so easy to pick on him because when you look at his stats, he's a middle of the line guy, and it's never going to take you to a championship. Never going to take you to a Super Bowl. I'm sorry, Bears fans. He's, he's just, like your Alex Smith, man. He is your Alex Smith. Like if you look at it last year, he wasn't top ten in any category. He's your middle-of-the-line guy, and I don't know. I just don't see him as what – I think he was number two overall pick in 2017. That's just – Well, they, they, they traded up to draft him. They didn't need to trade up. He would have been there where they, where they were going to draft at. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I don't think he's going to be like some dog shit quarterback, but he's not a number two overall pick. Uh, and he's not going to be that guy to kind of take you to where you want to be I mean, there's definitely QBs worse than him, and he's not the worst thing you can get, but he's a bust as far as where they took him and what they're expecting to get out of him. I mean, on this team, all Mitch Trubisky has to do is not turn the ball over. That's all he has to do. 
So he's literally, but I get where you're saying come from, like where he was drafted at and what in like, and what the expectation yeah, he, put on he also doesn't just have, he doesn't have the weapons that a lot of other teams have. Like their receivers are not very good. I mean, when I said Taylor Gabriel could be your number one guy, what does that tell you? Exactly. I mean, it's just, he's, he got put in a shitty situation and he already wasn't that good. So yeah. no, yeah, I, I, I almost went that way. I didn't, I went with a newcomer to the team. I went with Cora Cordero Patterson. <laughs> um, I mean, this guy didn't have a big, I mean, I remember him when he came into the league, everyone's like, Oh, this is the next big thing. Next big thing. He can kind of do it all. He can kick. He, I mean, not kick. He can return. The kick. <laughs> I wish, I mean, I, the bears wish he could kick. Um, he can, he can return the kick. He can, he can play the slide. He can play on the outside, but he never really panned out in Minnesota. Then he went to new England, had himself a pretty decent, decent career in new England. Um, but I mean, when you're talking about it, like Travis just kind of said, Trubisky isn't Brady. I mean, he Brady spreads the ball around, gets everyone involved, and that's why Patterson was successful in New England, and that's why he won't be successful in Chicago. Um, I just don't see them spreading the ball around as much. I mean, yeah, he can make a difference in, in the return game, but Patterson, Cordell Patterson's getting towards the latter part of his career where – you want a younger guy returning kicks and punts. Probably a rookie or a second-year guy. Doesn't um, Tariq Cohen return their kicks and punts? Probably not anymore. I, actually, I mean, coming from Bears fan, too, you never get anybody better than Devin Hester. No, yeah, exactly. So, in so, comparing to that, I just don't think Patterson's going to be a fit in this offense. I think he should have stayed in New England where he could have been an asset. I just, I, I just don't see it happen. I don't see him making a big enough impact on this team to warrant the free agent signing. That's a good one. That is a good one, which moves into our MVP, which we probably have the same person. Yeah. It's Khalil Mack. Yep. I mean, there's nobody else to pick. He's best linebacker in the NFL. He's a game changer on the field on any team he's ever been on. Yeah, that's who it is. I mean, teams literally have to double team this guy. 47 tackles, 12 and a half sacks last year. And just he he's he's like Travis said he's 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 a total game changer, um, completely changed the entire complexity. I feel like the Bears do not make do not win this division last year without Cleo Mack. That's that's a fair statement. Yeah, their defense really stood. I mean, their defense is key. Um, so I mean, we both had Cleo Mack as the MVP. Loved all of our picks. Takes us into their Vegas or the their win total, which is over under nine here. Um. I still want to point out there, I think they're the first NFL game. Thursday yeah, night football. Them and the Packers, yeah. Yeah, the Packers in Chicago. It's going to be an awesome game. I really can't wait. Yeah. Um, dude, this whole division for their over-under just killed me. Dude, so first of all, for, to, just to preface you guys, the first three teams to talk about, they're all nine, and the Lions are seven. So the Packers, fucking Vikings, and the Bears are all nine, and the Lions are seven. This is so the Vegas knows this is going to be a tough division. Yeah, I mean they they beat the shit out of each other. Me and Jared were literally just talking about this earlier. Um, so I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go bold here, and I'm just going to say under, just because. And don't don't freak out. I don't love this team. I think that really their defense carried them to what they did last year. And defense is so unpredictable, especially in modern-day NFL with Mitch Trubisky. And well, now with the fucking offensive PI and you're able to challenge it these days. So, I mean, yeah, Ex- exactly. Um, 
I mean, they have an average quarterback, an average wide receiving core, and their defense is going to need them to win, you know, a majority of their games again. I don't see it happening. I was on the fence. I don't think that they're 10 and 16. I, I wish I could pick them to go nine and seven, but I, I don't think, I don't see them at 10 and six. They have a tough schedule. So at first glance, I actually had them at like, I went through the schedule. I had them at nine and seven. I had them at nine and seven. So I wish I'd do the same thing. I also had a few questionable losses in there that I think they can pull out. So I do see them as a 10 win team, 10 or 11 win team. So I'm taking the over. Yeah, I mean, it's just tough to say. This, and this is why I did it. I'm, a, I'm again, preface you with this. Because every single one of them is nine, I feel that you could pick the under on every single one and only one of them is going to be wrong. I think so too. I think that a winner's vision is probably a nine, a nine or ten win team. Exactly. So that's kind of where my mindset is in this. So that's where I went. They have the fifth hardest schedule in the league. It's going to be tough for them to do it again. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree. I just think, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but I, I think they're one of the better teams in this division, which is, I mean, why, yeah, it's, which is why I was like, okay, if a team is going to win this division, they're going to have to win nine games at least, I think. So I took outside with that being said, even if I take the over and I think they're going to win nine games, then I at least push. So that's why I took the over with the Bears. But if they drop a couple and lose eight or win eight, then very, it, it very well could happen. It very well could happen. I'm it's not saying it's a guaranteed lock. I would stay very far away from it. But for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to take the over. Okay. Yeah, this division's screwy. Uh, but let's move on to the disappointing Packers in their draft class that I wasn't a huge fan of, other than Rashawn Gary with their first pick. Yep. Um, you know, they had that questionable Darnell Savage pick in the first round as well. Yeah. Um, other than that, Nobody really super noticeable that I thought that they got a steal on late. They lost Clay Matthews, Jake Ryan, Randall Cobb, Rashad Breland, Nick Perry, and Muhammad Wilkerson. So I'm going to talk on this real quick. Uh, I'm like you. I love the Rashawn Gary pick from them. It really bolsters their defense a little bit. And the big thing I like about their offseason departures and arrivals, they offloaded older talent, older like fan favorites, you know, your Clay Matthews, your Randall Cobbs, and they brought in some younger guys, um, one of them being a, a division rival in Adrian Amos. Um, but, again, I, I think that that, for me, was a big thing for them. They got rid of some of the older guys, some of the aging guys who aren't going to be able to compete in the NFL in two to three years and brought in some more younger, fresher talent. So just from that and the fact they won six games last year, I think they got a little bit better. Yeah, I like how they just swapped safeties with the, with the Bears. Yeah. Most and Clinton Dix, they just were like, hey, let's just switch places here. Play a little parent parent trap action. Um, but yeah, I mean it's and they also got a new head coach, which I'm not sure what how that's gonna go at all. So from what I'm reading is like, I don't know, there's some interviews and the Matt LaFleur said that Aaron Rodgers is difficult to work with. And Aaron Rodgers, someone asked Aaron Rodgers how he felt about that. He goes, I don't give a shit. How I how how difficult they am to work with. So it'll be interesting to see how. Yeah, I mean, he's like the LeBron James of basketball, but not as good. You mean the LeBron James of football, but not as good. But yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. He's like the yeah. LeBron James of the sport, but he's not as dominant. Yeah, it's kind of questionable. But either way, um, no, I like I like who they brought in, and I'm just I don't know. I just don't think that the, this Packers team is what they used to be. Um, I have a lot of friends that are Packers fans. I'd like to see them be happy and do good. 
but I just don't see them being much of an improvement for what they were last year. I mean, yeah, I don't hate the Packers. I do actually like Aaron Rodgers as, as I love watching him play when he's playing at the top of his game. He's one of the best to do it. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. But I mean, there were six, but again, I mean, if you're looking at him last year, there's six, like, like you said, there's six win teams. So they definitely got better. I think, man, but looking at their roster, I don't know how much better they could have gotten. Their roster's shaky. Their offense is very shaky. Yeah. Without Aaron Rodgers, this is a four-win team. Yep. I agree. So, sleeper breakout bust in the MVP. Again, I will start it off. My sleeper is Blake Martinez, linebacker. Not a terribly big household name unless you are a stat keeper or unless your team is in the NFC North and you watch a lot of Packers football. I knew of him. I don't know if you know how good Blake Martinez is, but he was second in tackles last year, only behind Darius Leonard. Really? Um, Yeah, he was second in tackles. He's going into his fourth year, which is a contract year, which is just enough for me to say, look out for him. He's going to be there again. I like that. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm um, going defense there, Travis. The uh, the offensive guy is going defense, so that's always that's always good to see. Um, for my sleeper, I'm actually going to go with an offensive guy. I'm picking Geronimo Allison. Um, you know, everyone's all over Devontae Adams, and for very good reason. But Geronimo Allison only played five games last year and still had more receiving yards in those first five games than he did in his first two years in the league. So I think he can kind of make the jump um, and really kind of become a, you know, the number two guy, number two receiving threat. Well, I guess maybe number two or number three, because I still have Jimmy Graham. Um, but I can see him. It's like going to be Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, and Geronimo Allison. He was a stud when he was his first two years in the league. Last year he got hurt. So I do think I can see him taking an, uh, another step up from there and becoming a quote-unquote sleeper. You know, I mean, nothing crazy. You know, 700, 750 yards, you know, three to three to five touchdowns. Um, that would be a, a pretty good year for him, I think. Because um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good year in a new offense, and I think he's going to have to spread the ball out. So that's kind of my reasoning for picking, for, for picking that. Okay. All right, we'll move on into breakout player. Um, and this was actually fucking tough for me because I – I didn't want to be, you know, your super cliche and pick Rashawn Gary. He's not, as of right now, his name's supposed to start. So I picked defensive tackle Kenny Clark. Um, like I said, I couldn't really find anyone who's ready for a huge year. But again, another player who's going to his fourth year, which I believe is also a contract year for him, I couldn't find. They're like looking to give him an extension, but they hadn't reached one yet. Um, and he's only improved every year. He's also a 23-year-old defensive tackle going into his fourth year in the NFL. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So he's super young. Um, he's younger than me. And he's coming off a six-sack season, so he's ready to eat, ready to get paid. And I can see him just kind of stepping into his role as, as you know, a primetime player. He's about to turn 24, which is already crazy enough on its own. Yeah, that was a good one. I also went defense here. I went with a new guy. I went with Zadarius Smith. There came uh, from the Ravens, right? Yes, came from the Ravens. Um, fourth year in the league, and this is going to be his. It looks like this is going to be his first year as an actual starter on a team. The Ravens, he obviously he was on a very, very talented linebacking core over there. Um, but last year, in only eight starts, he had eight and a half sacks. So the talent's there. Crazy. I think if he can get a full 16 in, I think he can do some damage and being probably be one of the better guys on this defense. So I can see a big year coming from, from Zedaria Smith, um, the, the, the newcomer to Green Bay. All right. Like that one a lot. I looked at him. I knew he came from the Ravens because I know the Ravens lost a big piece in him. Yeah. Um, but going into the bust, and this is one that you might actually be rooting for after your sleeper pick. My bust is Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah. The wide receiver that is in front of Geronimo Allison to start the year on the depth chart. And I really don't get the hype with him. Um, I mean, I'm really not a huge Geronimo Allison fan, but I know one of them is going to be getting a lot of the productivity and targets. And I get he's got Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, but fuck. I mean, he hasn't really done anything to show me that he's worth a damn in the NFL. He caught two touchdowns last year. Also, going off of that, he can't even catch in general because he has a 52% catch rate, um, which is one of the lowest in the NFL uh, on receivers. So if you're going to come in here and act like, you know, you're worth a damn to pick up on my fantasy team and everything else, then you better show me beforehand. So. Yeah, I like the one a lot. I'm not super high on that guy. It was a big reason why I picked Geronimo Allison as a quote-unquote sleeper. Um, my bust is probably going to be an easy one. I'm going with Aaron Jones, um, the running back. I just don't see it, man. I know he had a good year last year, and everyone's like pumping his dick in fantasy and all this stuff. But, <laughs> I mean, the Packers haven't had a good franchise running back for years. I mean, I, I honestly – I hate their backfield. It's it's always it's always a fucking it's always a, a, a fucking slop shot thing, you know. Um, <laughs> they haven't had a good one since what? Maybe Eddie Eddie Lacy, I guess. Fucking Eddie Lacy totally got fat and got addicted to Twinkies. I mean, shit. <laughs> I I know Aaron Jones had. He's my, also a big boy. Yeah, he had five and a half yards per carry last year. That's not gonna happen again. Mm, I mean, you know, that's crazy. But that, I mean, that's not gonna happen again. So. Count it out. If you drafted Aaron Jones, you already drafted him, then might as well drop him or, you know, just fucking just jump Maybe out a window. Maybe to trade him before the season starts. Jump out a window or something because your fantasy season's over if you draft him as one of your RB1 or RB2s. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not seeing it from this guy. Never trust a Green Bay running back. Oh, no. they prove you, prove you otherwise. Don't touch Aaron Jones with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, I mean, the only people you want on your fantasy team – as a Packer, as Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and that about draws the line there. I wouldn't even take Jimmy Graham anymore. No. But either way, moving on to the MVP, and there's no way we have anyone different. It's Aaron Rodgers. 100%. Dude had 4,400 yards last year. 25 touchdowns sure. and two picks. I saw he had two interceptions. That's absolutely bananas. <laughs> Dude. I, he played all 16 games, too. Yeah. 
I mean, when he's on this team, he's a hundred. When he's on this team and he's healthy, he's a hundred percent the best guy. It makes the team better. How they only won six games last year is beyond me. It was their defense give, that give him an offense. Give him an offense that the Saints have, and he's going to be the the best quarterback in the league by leaps and bounds. Saints, Falcons, Patriots. I mean, really, anyone other than his offense. Yeah, uh, he does a lot with it. Got to give props to Aaron Rodgers. Definitely don't hate on the man, uh, but he's the MVP of this team. And when he leaves, you guys will be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> big, big trouble. Um, which goes into the odds win total. Same, like we said, over under nine. Going with my tactic that I said, definitely for them because I don't think that they're one of the better, they're the best team in the league. And I'm saying under. I am too. Um, when I first glanced at the schedule, same thing as the Bears, I had them like eight or nine wins. But that's with some losses that may or may not happen. Um, but some wins that may ha- or may not happen exactly. as well. And that's, and that's if that's assuming Rodgers plays a full 16. Um, if he gets hit, which that offensive line has been shaky, they didn't address it in the offseason either. So if he gets hit, goes down on that shoulder, breaks that collarbone again, God forbid, because he's so fun to watch. Um, there's whole season's fuck because Deshaun Kaiser ain't doing shit for you. Um, yeah. So even even with that being said, even if he does play a full 16, I don't see him winning more than nine games. I see him at nine at the most, so I'm taking the under. Yeah, I mean, it's, this one was honestly pretty easy for me, especially because I know they're not the team they once were. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad, but it doesn't help that this NFC North just has a tough schedule because their divisional matchup is the AFC West. So they have to play the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, and Broncos. The Broncos. So, I mean, that's a fucking tough division to play up against. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So um, that's the Packers for you in a nutshell. Sorry, just not seeing it this year. Um, we're just going to move on into the Minnesota Vikings, so we're down to the last two teams in the division. The Vikings, I mean, they had a shit ton of draft picks, and I – I, I don't know. I, I like that strategy. It's a, it's a New England Patriots strategy. <coughs> Shit. Draft a, draft a bunch of people, and one's bound to be a diamond in the rough. They had fucking, what, 12? An insane amount. 12 I love, picks. I love the Garrett Bradbury pick from North Carolina State. Um, I even like the, I like the Irv Smith pick from Irv Alabama. Smith's a good pick, too. Uh, and good. then after that, they kind of fall off. But again, you know, one of these guys in the later rounds, I'm sure, will, will eventually pan out and, and, and be something. Um, my big thing with the with the Vikings, though, is they lost a lot and didn't add a lot. They lost Sheldon Richardson. They lost Nick Easton, their center. Latavius Murray, okay. But they lost Mike Remmers, their right tackle. Tackles. Tom Compton, a guard. They lost two safeties, and they lost Marcus Sherrills. They yeah, gained. I mean, the safety that, that really stands out to me is Andrew Sandejo. He's, he's, I mean, dude, they just lost a ton of pieces and they only added Josh Klein and a defensive tackle, Shamar Steven. I mean, and they also added Gary Kubiak to their team as an offensive advisor. So, Ooh. yeah. I mean, if he can solve Kirk Cousins' woes, good, good for him. So, with that being said, hey, now, don't be hating on Kirk Cousins. We'll get into that. They lost about a bunch of players. I think that they might have declined a little bit. They declined. They were an eight-win team last year. They lost a lot of talent. However, if you're talking about soft reset building towards the future, they're going in the right direction. But for this year and this year only, they obviously this is kind of showing my hand a little bit. I just think they regressed from the eight-win team they were a year ago. 
I don't know. I say that, but then again, I don't say that because they're, they're, I think of the NFC North, this is the only offense that has the pieces to be good. This is it. Minus their offensive line. Yeah, I, I mean, they need and their running back. Okay, I'm just saying they're the only fucking team in the NFC North that has a quarterback and wide receivers and tight ends that can catch the ball. True, true. That's it. Very true. So we'll take in the sleeper breakout bust and MVP, and we'll keep the trend going, and I'll start my sleeper. One you might not think is a sleeper, but it definitely makes it a lot more sense because Jared just talked about him as Kirk Cousins. And I did because I always thought he was overrated as well. I looked at him, and I think now that he's more underrated. Um, last year, he was top 10 in all major categories uh, in the NFL. He was top two, I believe, um, completion percentage or, or completions or something like that. But he's top 10 in yards, touchdowns, everything like that. Of his last four years, he's had 4,000 yards in every single one of them, almost 5,000 in one of those years. But he does throw a lot of picks. And because of that, it's kind of a little bit of a downside to him. Um, but I think he's undervalued as a quarterback because he does all he can with, with the offensive line that he's given, which is what you said. Um, but I think he's going to have another good year that he always produces. Okay, that's fair. I don't – just spoiler, I don't have Kirk Cousins on any of mine. I'm actually kind of I, – I like Kirk Cousins. I just think he's 100% average. I uh, like that. You like that. My sleeper, this is going to super cop-out pick. This is a this is a first that we've had on on all these divisions uh, previews. I'm going with nobody. I don't see anybody. I mean, that's, that's, that was a close second for me, dude. I, there's nobody on this. I don't think this team is going to surprise anybody. So therefore, I don't think it, that anybody on this team is going to surprise anybody. I just don't see anybody on their roster that's going to be like, oh shit, that guy came out of nowhere. I mean, the guys they have are going to be good. I don't see the guys that haven't made a name for themselves making a name for themselves this year. I like that. I mean, it makes total sense to me. I I just picked Kirk Cousins because I think a lot of people shit on him, and he's actually a pretty good quarterback. Um, but like you said, this team isn't going to surprise anybody. They've always been there. I mean, it wouldn't take it wouldn't go to surprise me to see them win the division. No, because they've always been there, like the last few years. No, yeah, for sure. But either way, I like it. Hopefully you have a breakout player like I do. And mine is the guy I talked about, their second round yep, pick. Same. Irv, Irv Smith. Yep. Tied in out of Bama. I loved him coming in. I actually had him in the first round in our mock draft that we did. Uh, and I think he can replace Kyle Rudolph over time. Definitely going to be an awesome guy to learn under. They're going to be able to run dual tight end sets with two guys that can catch the ball. Um, and he's going to be a huge compliment to this offense filled with weapons. This reminds me of like a Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard type deal in Tampa Bay. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins loves tight ends. He loved Jordan Reed in Washington. Like, it just makes sense. No, it does. It 100% does. Um, you know, he's Rudolph will groom him to be the guy in this offense because Rudolph turns 30 this November. Um, and, you know, really it's t- time to start handing the reins over, and I think that's a process that's going to start happening. Irv Smith – is big. He's athletic. He can catch the ball. I think he'll develop in the in the run game or in the in in, in the run blocking game. Um, over time, you know, obviously that's that's the biggest, that's the toughest thing for a college tight end to kind of learn is how to come in the NFL and and become a run blocker. Um, he's freakishly athletic. I just think I think it's going to happen. I love it. I love the two tight end set thing, 
and I just thought at the top of my head, like I definitely needs to be more like a Cameron Bright, OJ Howard type field to have in Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, and I mean it'll work because I mean trying to trying to focus on Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, and Kyle Rudolph will just be a handful for defenses to to get a hold of. So most definitely. That's great. I love it. Takes me into my bust, which we might have the same one, and that's Dalvin Cook. Yep. Uh, we talked about him in, in our fantasy football preview, so there's really not a whole lot more to touch on here other than the fact that me and Jerry both think he's not only overrated but can't stay healthy. He's just not the guy that, that's you know supposed to be there in their backfield. I don't think so either. I mean, two years in the league, he's played a total of 15 games. So even with two full years in the league, he hasn't even played a full season. Um, I just think he's injury prone. Um, hope he proves me wrong, but I don't think he's not cut out. I don't think he's cut out to be a number one back in this league, even though everyone seems to be pushing him to be a number one back. I just don't, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, he, I feel like he has a lot of just he, – he has a burden on his shoulders, which is the pressure to do good, and he just can't overcome it. No, 100%. Um, so, yeah, we both have that. Love it. My MVP – Probably different than yours because you said you don't have Kirk Cousins with any. I took the cop out and took Kirk Cousins just because I don't see this team winning anywhere close to nine or ten, eight games without a decent quarterback under center, and that's that's what they have in Kirk Cousins. Fair. I went with Adam Thielen. I mean, this guy's had over 1,200 yards receiving in his in each of his last two years, and he nearly had double-digit touchdowns last year. He had nine. Um, he's literally this team's saving grace. I mean, I feel like him and Stefan Diggs are a nice complement to each other and definitely nice options for, for Kirk Cousins. You say that, I think if you take away one of those guys from Kirk Cousins, it kind of limits his, his ability a bit. Um, so I just think he's been a total sensational story, and I definitely think it's the same thing. I can see him oh, – I, I hope he eclipses that, that, that double-digit touchdown mark this year and gets 10-plus and gets because I think the guy deserves it. He does. I, I, I personally like Adam Thielen. I just don't know if I see it coming. And th- this is why, because the last couple of seasons, a lot of people have been focusing on Stefan Diggs because they don't think Thielen's the real deal. Now they know that everything's going to be equal. It's going to open up Diggs. They also have Irv Smith. I feel like Kirk Cousins just kind of a shit ton of touchdowns to everybody on this offense. I like that. I, I can see him spreading the ball. I just think like heart and soul wise. And it, it was also more of that pick too. Like, Adam Thielen being like a locker room guy, you know, MVP in the sense that, you know, he can, he can kind of lead him. So, I mean, I, I definitely could see both those picks kind of, kind of panning out though. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I, of course we're going to roll into our win total, which is the last one um, that is nine yeah. of this division. So what are you going to take here? <sighs> this is one of the easier ones for me, I think. Um, we said it from the get-go. This team really didn't add a lot of talent. They lost a lot of talent. Um, and they were an eight-win team a year ago. So, I mean, you do simple sub- subtraction. I see them regressing a bit. I see more around six to seven wins. So I'm taking the under. All right. And I'm going to go bold here. and I'm not going to try to spoil or go into it too far on our divisional recap at the end. Um, but I'm going over here. I know one team has to win over nine games. Just going to go over, and we'll leave it to discussion at the end. Well, you basically just told us you think the Vikings are going to, are going to win the division. So I mean, I just – all right, then we'll talk about it. I just think that they, they're they not going to surprise anybody, but they're there, and I think the, the Bears regressed. 
I think the Packers are kind of stayed the same, and I do think that just the Vikings can pull a couple wins out of their ass and, and get it done. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cool. This is going to be a shit show division now. We already said oh, that. It is. It's, again, we said it last year. This is going to be the most talented division top to bottom. I don't think anything's changed this year either. And obviously we can probably – we won't dive into it as deep on our NFL like, like preview podcast, but we'll definitely talk about it again. So, um, yeah. uh, boys, I'm going to run and grab beer while Travis kind of leads us into the Lions. All right. So the Lions, the fucking shitstorm, I guess, of this division, which kind of sucks. Ever since they lost Calvin Johnson, they've been on a decline. He was one of my favorite players in the NFL, one of the best guys, best wide receivers to watch one of of this decade. I digress. The Lions draft class didn't hate it. They did pick up TJ Hawkinson with their eighth overall pick in the first round, the tight end out of Iowa. Um, And I'm just not so sure that Matt Stafford can use tight ends. Other than that, don't know a whole lot of people. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team team ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. They did have quite a bit of picks, though. I believe they had 10-ish or so. They lost Ezekiel Ansah and cornerback Nevin Lawson. But they kind of replaced that in Trey Flowers, Justin Coleman, got Danny Amendola, Jesse James, and running back C.J. Anderson, Fatty from the Rams. Yeah, I mean, they definitely – I heard you touch on a little bit. I definitely like their first-round pick, the rest of it. You know, it is what it is. Um, And then they obviously added more talent than what they lost. Yeah, I mean, they they lost two people, and they kind of replaced the best one, which is Ezekiel Ansah with Trey Flowers. Which I think is an upgrade. Ooh, I don't know. It's close. We'll have to see. But either way, they got a shit ton of draft picks. They have young talent. Can't real if you get any worse than six and ten when you're trying to kind of build back up, you have a problem. So I think they got a little better. I th- I, I think so too. I think just adding Trey Flowers, I think helps offset the the loss of Z- of Ezekiel Ansah. I think TJ Hawkinson is going to be one of the best tight ends in the league in a few years. Um, and just having a veteran presence like like Danny Amendola in the locker room always helps. Um, I think that's super undervalued from what I've read is that he's been a super big uh, mentor to some of the younger guys on the team. Cause I mean, he's been with the Patriots and you know, has, has won those super bowls. He was in Miami last year. Um, so I definitely can see him being a big locker room presence. So just from that standpoint, I think they do improve from, from a six win team and they, and they did get a, a little bit better. Agreed. Um, still not the team that they used to be, which kind of no. sucks because they really kind of dragged this division down in terms of competition. But like you said, they could go into Chicago and win on any given day. Yep. Um, 
takes us into the sleeper breakout bus and MVP for the last team, the fucking last team of the NFL that we're it's been covering. A long summer talking about this shit. It has. It's been a long month or so. Month. This is June, bro. Yeah, it's been fucking long. But anyway, I'm going into sleeper, and this is another one of those guys um, where if you don't watch a lot of NFC North football or know the Lions, you might not know this name, but it's Darius Slay. Dude, yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. If you don't know him, you should. He is probably one of the best corners in the game. One of the most undervalued corners in the game. Yeah, absolutely. He spent his whole career in Detroit. That's probably why you don't know him. Um, but he's a badass player, and I love Darius Slay. Always have. Uh, and he's just kind of a guy you need to look out for. I mean, over the last two years, he's had 11 picks and nearly 45 pass deflections. And he's definitely a corner that can hold down some of these st- talented guys. You talk about your Stephon. He's in a great division to do so. You're Adam Thielens, you're Geronimo Austin, you're Devontae Adams, you know, fucking even on the Bears, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel. I mean, he is a corner that can hold the shit down. And I'm taking this, and, and I took this as a sleeper, as if you don't know about him, know about him because he is undervalued. And that's yep. why I think I'm a sleeper. I, I love Darius Slay. I have for a number of years now, and I've always had my eye on him. Um, so it's great. I'm glad that I'm, we're on the same page. We always have been. Breakout player. Um, mine is Marvin Jones Jr. Um, wide receiver. You probably already know him, so it, it may not come to a surprise or may not be a breakout in your sense. But this is the me because he only played nine games last year. Uh, he was coming to coming to be a great player in 2017 when he played a full year, and then he got hurt in 2018 and only played, I think, yeah, I said nine games. But I can see a career year coming from him. He had nine touchdowns and 1,100 yards in 2017. I can see him eclipsing that this year if he gets a full 16 games in on this offense with Matt Stafford. I like that. Um, I'm also going to go offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with the rookie. I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson. I know you said that Matt Stafford may not know how to use tight ends. I think learning from a veteran like Jesse James would definitely help him get more acclimated to the league a bit. Um, and I just think that's going to kind of elevate his game. Iowa's kind of tight end you right now. Um, so I, I just think he can come on and make a big impact in the tight end game in a spot where the Lions haven't really had a tight end in a very, very long time. Okay. I mean, I hope he does good. I just, like I said, Eric Ebron didn't really start to shine until he got out of Matt Stafford. I don't know if it's Matt Stafford or that offense, but either way, hopefully it works out. Um, going to pick my bus pick here, and it's a guy you touched on. My bus is Danny Amendola. Now, I'm not sure the kind of vibes that he brings to the locker room or team morale, but I mean, I feel like at this point in his career, he's just a name. He's just the guy that you see Danny Amendola, and it's like, okay. Everyone knows him because of his years with the Patriots and how good he – not even really good he was there, but just that he was under that team, under Tom Brady when they were good. But at the end of the day, he's overrated. The most touchdowns he's had in a year is four, and the most yards he's had in a a year is 689, and that was with the Rams in 2010. I mean, at the end of the day, you look at Danny Amendola and you look at his stats, and he's just not good. He might be good off the field. He might be good locker room you know, positive vibes, yada, 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 pumping rainbows up your ass at the end of the day. But he's not a wide receiver that's going to go out and get the job done, and I know that for a fact by watching him in Miami. It's fair. That's fair, especially when they signed him to a one-year, like $11 million deal or whatever they signed him to. What? No, they did not. Look it up. Look it up while I'm talking about mine because I'm pretty sure it was some 
It was something fairly high. I'm pretty sure it was one year, 11 million. I mean, Miami paid him two years, like 25, and they cut him up for the first year. Um, football players make dumb money, bro. So it's a one-year deal that includes four point. It's four point five million guaranteed base with incentives that can bring five point seven. So he can earn up to ten, a yeah. over ten, which is absolutely incredibly stupid. Yep. So. I like that pick. I still think he's a good locker room guy for that. For Which is fine, but he's just not a good player. That's fine, too. My bus is on Johnson. I said it on the Fantasy Football <laughs> Podcast. I heard this one, yeah. I'm going to live and die by this sword. Uh, I, I, I'm literally going to live and die by, by this take this year. Cause I mean, it's literally me. I, lived in, I was living and dying by DK Metcalf. You're living and dying by on Johnson doing bad. Yeah, I am. I, I just don't see it. I mean, I think they have a crowded backfield of set time and time again. End of the last year on the IR. If you guys listen to our fantasy football, fantasy football podcast here and we talk about it, if you didn't, go back and listen to it. You'll, you'll, you'll hear me dive into the more on the specifics um, on that one. I just, I'm not seeing it from on Johnson this year. Ain't liking it. Ain't hacking it. Ain't doing it. All right. I mean, I don't hate it. I can see him busting out. It just depends. We're going to find out what kind of athlete Kerryon Johnson is this year. Yep. That's it. Um, going into our MVP, this was hard for me because – It was. What? It was. It was very hard. It was between two people, and I found it hard to pick Matt Stafford because he really hasn't done a ton for this team. He's not a bad quarterback. He just might not be in the best situation. So my MVP is Darius Slay. I like it. And that's about all I have to say because I already told you about him. I like that too. I'm never a guy to pick like the same two people on these things. So I want to No, but I just didn't know who. I want the new guy. And just hear me out on this one. You're gonna probably gonna freak out. I want Trey Flowers. So he's a fifth year guy who made a career with the Pats. I think he's going to cause some disruption. He's had six and a half or more sacks in the last three years of his career. And I think he can expose some very weak offensive lines in the NFC North. Minus the Bears, the Packers and the Vikings don't have a great offensive line. They really don't. And I think playing them four total times a year is going to come to some advantage. I think Trey Flowers is a game changer. I think he can definitely improve this Lions defense. And, you know, maybe could become a staple on this Lions defense and really turn some heads. Maybe make the Lions a little bit better than what people are, are giving them credit for. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely a big reach and a big risk for me to pick him. I can just see him making a, making a very, very big impact. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. It's kind of almost what you said with the, um, who was it? the Vikings, where you didn't have a sleeper. Um, you could almost go as far as saying this Lions team, there's no MVP because nobody's going to, nobody's going to step up and lead them. It's almost going to have to be like, if they're going to win six to seven games, it's going to be a team effort of doing so. Yeah. hundred percent. So I like it. Um, kind of different standpoint from the Lions cause they're just kind of a differently built team at the moment. Their win total over under seven. And this one I th- was probably one of the least hard ones for me. Um, they have a really tough schedule, so I'm not going to go under here. Um, like I said, there's only one team that's going to hit the over out of all these teams, I think, and it's not going to be them. I don't think they're an 8-18. Eight so I took two unders, and I took two overs. I'm picking the over on the Lions. I think they improved. They were a six-win team last year. They're an eight-win team. I think they – well, at the very least, a seven. I had them seven and nine. Uh, they're going to have to pull some wins out of their ass for that one. 
I can, but I can see them at eight and eight. Um, I don't think they're the worst team in this division. So they're there. I went ahead and said it. So uh, I, I don't think they're in the basement of this division like they have been. Um, I definitely can see them at least getting to, to seven wins. I think they improved from six wins last year. So do the math. At the very least I push. So I'm taking the over. All right. Yeah. I had them at six and 10. I mean, with this division, you're going to take every single one of our over-unders with a grain of salt. Cause like, I mean, no one knows what's going to happen. I feel like the last few years, this division's just been a toss-up. Just like the um, NFC South, too. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Uh, we just did this for your guys' entertainment. We're going to try to throw something together and and see every, like all of our over-unders for every single team and put those out there just to kind of follow them along as the year well, goes. I'll have, to, I'll have to go back and look at the NFC East because I still haven't done that one yet, but yeah. Yeah, um, but either way, let's go on to our division recap where we just break down the little quick uh, accolades and winners division winner. I mean, I already kind of revealed mine. Mine's the Vikings. I mean, shit, this could go one of three ways for me. Yep. Um, yep. I just picked the Vikings just cause I don't think the bears have it in them back to back years and the Packers are kind of declining as well. And the Vikings are always just like there, like in the thick of it. I went with total vanilla pick. I picked the Bears. I just don't see anybody else stepping up. I think that defense is going to be good. I think Chuck Pagano, Chuck Pagano, if he does it right, can even take him to the next level. Um, and their offense is decent enough to take care of business. So I think this is going to be a defensive-laden team that's going to that's going to win the division. Yeah, I mean, I everyone probably would pick that. I mean, it's just kind of something that I wanted to. If something were to happen, I'd like to have it have it down for myself. For sure. Um, any other teams to make the playoffs as a wild card? I mean, like, I, you don't think so? No way. I mean, I see it coming out of the south and the east. It's going to be I'm, – I'm super excited for this, this season of the NFL. I think that some crazy shit could go down. I don't sure. know. I, I think I, that – I just don't see – we, we even said this team, this division is going to beat the shit out of each other. I mean, you look at the east. I mean, I mean, teams in the east get to play the Giants and the Redskins four times a year. And teams, and I, I see a team coming out, coming out of the, a team either coming out of the east and the south, and not the west and the north. I just, I see of the in the NFC that, that whatever second wild or that wild card team just kind of being like nine and seven. There'd be like three or four teams tied at nine and seven, waiting to get in that wild card game, uh, and they can just kind of be. It's going to clog things up. I'm hoping for it anyway. It'll be kind of cool to see. So do you think another team could make it? Do you think two teams can make it out of this division? I think two teams could. I think Bears or Vikings are competing. I sorry, I just don't think the Packers are there. So if I had to pick a second team, I would pick the Packers actually. I'd do Bears and Bears and Packers. Wow. All right. I, I, I had the Vikings in last place. I am not gonna re- reveal too much and do a full NFL breakdown, but I'm I'm just not super high on the Vikings this year. Okay, uh, let's go division awards MVP. Mine is Khalil Mack. Yep, same, easy. Next one, breakout player David Montgomery, Roquan Smith, also a Bears. So we player. both had our Bears player. Yep. Um, and then rookie of the year, mine again, repeat just because he was a rookie. Uh, the breakout David Montgomery. I did T.J. Hawkinson. All right, there you have it. Um, I was lame this week. I didn't add anything extra on the end because I knew we had to. Degenerates Digest in our last full uh, divisional breakdown to go to. So, I mean, that's it for me. Yeah, I mean, it, w- it was a fun summer. Um, definitely like the fact that, that football's back. We appreciate all you guys listening to us. If you listen this far, I just want to ask one thing, and this kind of helps take our podcast to the next level. 
please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I feel like we we never really ask about this, but I hear other podcasts ask for it. I think it really kind of catapults you. Just to let you guys know, we have been growing a bit. We have been noticing a bump in numbers. So that kind of just helps us take us to the next level. The more we can do, the more we can invest in the show, whether that's, you know, I know we plan on rolling out the blog soon. We plan on, you know, if we can get some more money into it, maybe we can do like invest in a nice camera and do like a, do like a vlog series or like more video content. So the more stuff we can do for you guys, the better. So again, leave us a rating or review on Spotify, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. It just kind of helps catapult us to the to the next level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't really touch on that a lot. It is something that, that we do in our spare time. We do have full-time jobs. It's hard to dedicate a lot of time to this. So it is nice to see people leaving us reviews and, and you know, getting our numbers bumped up there and more new people listening, following us, you know, kind of interacting with us. So we love to see it. Go do that. And uh, we're excited to be with you for this fucking football season. Starts this weekend. We're ready to go, and hopefully we can start it off with a bang. Yep. All right, boys and girls, I guess. You guys take it easy, and uh, we will see you next week with a full college football preview and a full Degenerous Digest. So football is back. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 Peace. Sunday morning, man, she woke up fighting man. Bitching and moaning. Seven and uh, one of those number nines. Then I want a hundred bucks on a scratch off ticket, bought two twelve packs and a tank of gas with it. She swore they were a waste of time, all but she was wrong. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.